going to be sharing out of the book of John this morning, uh, chapter 5, uh, starting at the first verse. I'll give you all time to uh, get there, and if you would, please just join me in a brief word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've already done, the work you've already begun to do in our hearts. Father God, as, the, as we're about to get into your word, Father God, I thank you for, for, for the hunger that your people have for the word of truth, that they want to be fed the word of God. And you say, Father, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And so, Father, uh, so we receive your word in faith with hearts to be doers of your word that we might glorify you in this day and time that you've called us into being. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This story is uh, no doubt familiar to to most here, uh, maybe all here. And I feel like there's a a few things that uh, the Lord would have us to glean from this uh, this morning that I feel would be helpful in strengthening us, getting us free from some things that may have long (laughs) and uh, get us to a point where we can walk in freedom, be healed, and victorious in Jesus' name. Amen? And I, I, like you, face challenges. I, like you, face struggles. I, like you, have imperfections. I know, probably hard for you to, be, to believe. Just ask Mrs. Cannon if you're any doubts on your behind. And some of my issues have been with me since I was a young man. Our story here, before I uh, go on, let's, let's go ahead and read it. I'm in the New King James Version. I wanted to simplify it because verse 4 of this, uh, of this passage is not included in a lot of uh, translations. And so just to simplify it and everything, I just use New King James Version since it is in this translation. It adds context. But starting at verse 1, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So that adds a little bit of context. 
So there's a great multitude of people in the various colonnades or or porches that surround this pool of Bethesda. Great multitude of people who have all kinds of infirmities. They're blind, they're lame, they're paralyzed, they're sick, have debilitating illnesses of varying kinds and varying degrees. And it may have been superstition, who knows, but at some point, the water would be stirred, it would elevate, and it would stir, and there was a belief widely held at this time that when that happened, there was an angel stirring the waters. And the belief was that the first person among the multitude of sick that were there who were able to enter the water once this stirring occurred would be healed from whatever they were dealing with. But this story isn't about the multitude, it's about the one. In the next verse, the main subject of this passage says, Now a certain man was there. He was among the multitude who had an infirmity. And he had his infirmity for 30 Eight years. I have a definition for infirmity. It just says a physical or mental weakness. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So there was a great crowd of people, paralyzed, blind, sick, lame, all waiting for the water to be troubled. And out of that crowd, Jesus picked one man. He had the ability to empty out the whole place. He could have taken that approach. He could have called all attention to himself, and he could have went, or he could have gone through every porch, every colonnade, laying hands on everybody, saying, Be healed. There were places where he went where everyone who needed healed got healed. This is not one of those times. And I want. You know what? I won't profess to understand the mind of God in that way. God does what he wills. And he does nothing by happenstance. Everything he does is purposeful. And according to his divine will. Amen? And so we just got to trust and let God work the way God wants to work. 
for his will is perfect. Though our understanding may not be, his will is perfect. Amen? And so in this situation, he's there to minister to the one. He didn't invite everyone to him. He went to the one. And it makes me wonder as I read this. Can you imagine being in a debilitating health condition for 38 years? You know, there are times when I'm fed up, when, I'm, when I have to deal with uh, an illness for a day. Please, God, don't let it go two days. A week. Some of us who've had broken bones and so forth, you know, it may take months to recover. I remember having pneumonia for uh, being in the hospital and being down for two, almost three weeks. Spending a week in ICU as a kid, quarantined off. I thought it would never be over. But then I think about this man who, you know, mine ended. But this man for 38 years every day is dealing with this debilitating disease that's got him He's not able to transport himself. He's not able to care for himself. This is his living condition every day of his life. And he's been in that condition for 38 years, almost four decades. It's not a 24-hour thing. It's not a temporary thing. This is his life. And I like to say stuff like that because I, I feel like it's important to give, you know, perspective, to give emotional context, to really, to, to really help the story come alive so we can relate to the individual being talked about in this passage. Like the woman with the issue of blood, this man, no doubt, has done everything in his power. He sought help from everyone who was available to him in his life. People carried him places. People helped him in their limited capacities. But nothing he encountered could address his condition. And here we have Jesus. Now, I want to remind you, it did not say he had been there, sitting there for 38 years. It just said he'd been in that condition for 38 years. Who knows how frequently he was brought down there or got himself there. But one thing it expressed to me, it, it, it probably 
it probably took a lot of effort, a lot of will, a lot of determination for him to just get himself there so that he could potentially get himself healed. He had a desire for it. Do you hear it? You hear me? He had a desire to be healed. Jesus confronts this man and asks him to me what appears to be a weird question, given the fact that the man is where he is. He's at the Bull of Bethesda, right? Waiting for the waters to be troubled so he can hopefully be the first one there so he can be made well. No one wants to be in that condition for 38 years. Obviously, he was there to be healed. But Jesus asked him a question when he saw him lying there in verse 6. He says he knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, and yet he says to him, do you want to be made well? I'm surprised the man didn't say, duh. But he didn't. And the Bible says that Jesus knew the man had been in that condition already. And I, when Jesus asked him the question, I don't believe he asked him a question that he didn't already know the answer to. I believe sometimes the Lord asks us questions so that we have to utter what's in our heart. So we have to express our desire. So we have to be forced to think, do I really, you know, am I really about this? Do I really want this? And he asked him, do you want to be made well? And the man goes, he, he, he tells him a story, sir. Uh, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Now, here's in a roundabout way, he's like, yeah. They basically, Pastor Cannon translation, yes. He's saying yes. But he's explaining himself. He doesn't know who Jesus is. This is just some dude that's asking him a question. So he wants him to know, hey, I'm not just up here faking this thing. I'm not up here pretending. I, I am serious about this. And he says, look, uh, I I'm here. I want to be healed. I want to be made well, but I don't have the strength within myself. I don't have what it takes in myself to get what I need. You know, I, I would like for someone to help me, to carry me down there, to, so to, to help me be the first one in the water when it is stirred up. But no one helps me in that time. And the second half of that verse, he says, but while I am coming, another steps down. So this man can't walk. It's a debilitating disease. But you know what? He's probably pulling himself with his hands. He's crawling. He's trying everything he can to get to be the first one down there. But those who are more able than him beat him down there and they're first every time. So he said, I try. Everything I know to do, I try to get down there. 
When I'm in the worst condition here, there's always someone that beats me. I pleaded for someone to help me. In that moment when the water's troubled, when the water is third, but no one helps me. Yet, he still kept showing up. Think about that. That hope was still alive. That hope was still fiery. And I want, I want to, the reason I'm just belaboring this, I want you to relate to that because I believe everybody here can relate to this man in some way or another. Because we have people sitting in this congregation today and congregations all around America and all around the world who are debilitated in some way. You may be perfectly physically healthy, but you've been so hurt, so scarred by someone that you're debilitated emotionally. And you're sitting there in your virtual pool of Bethesda wanting so desperately to be made whole, wanting so desperately to be made well, having no clue or no strength within yourself to make this happen. And, 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 and no one is there to save the day. Are you hearing me? Something that's happened to you five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, it has still got its clutches in you. And I want you to know the Lord Jesus wants you free. I know we live in a time and we live in a country where it's not cool to say you're weak. It's not cool to admit vulnerability and weakness. And it is that thing that keeps a lot of us bound. Because sometimes you can't get free, oftentimes you can't get free unless you admit your weakness and your need for it. We've got, how many people are debilitated by alcohol? Debilitated by drugs? Debilitated by pornography, debilitated by adultery, debilitated by divorce, debilitated by abuse. I'm speaking to you this morning. I'm speaking to you. You are this man. And I'm speaking to you where you're at. The Lord has me speaking to you where you're at. And he's asking you this question, do you want to be made well? And I want you to process that question. Do you want to be made well? And you may be like this man, sir, Hey, it hasn't been for lack of trying. You know, I have nobody helping me here. When I try my own effort, uh, someone steps down before me. I, I'm just not able to do it. 
Isn't it awesome that we have a Savior, hallelujah, that, 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 that is more than willing and able to reach down into our inability and provide his strength and his ability. Amen? And so Jesus doesn't even lay hands on him. He doesn't even tell him who he is. After the man shares his story, what does Jesus say to him? He says, rise, take up your bed, and walk. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. You know what? I believe that's what the Lord is saying to us today. He's like, you're right. You're being good students. You've now come to the place that you realize you're at the end of yourself. There is an inability on your by your uh, uh, inability on your part to save you. But I died to save you. Amen. There's an inability on your part to make yourself whole and well, but I have made provision to make you whole and well. You you are whole and well in me. And so Jesus, Jesus makes a declaration. All he, he commands him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And I don't know that there's something. His body just obeyed. That's the best I can explain it. His body just obeyed. Somehow there was faith that entered into that man in that moment. His body just, the Lord commanded, rise, take up your bed and walk. And, and, and can you imagine? He's been in this condition for 38 years. Yet this stranger he does not know tells him, get up. And he doesn't say, but, but I can't get up. He just gets up. And he didn't just say, get up. He said, I want you to get up. But I don't just want you to do that. I, the very thing that you had to lie in and be carried in, the thing that was the symbol of your debilitation, I want you now to pick it up. I give you the strength now to pick that thing up that used to carry you around. Take, a, take it up and walk. I don't want you leaving it down there just in case. Because you know, hey, you know, if you've been that way for 38 years, you know what? You might, you might think, well, I've received a little strength. I'm able to stand. I haven't done this before. But just in case my legs get tired or just in case this thing is temporary, let, let, let me keep my bed there in case I need to lay back down in it. No, Jesus said him commit. No, get up. Pick this up and walk. You know, I think Jesus was uh, part of the reason Jesus did the way that he did this, the way that he did it was to uh, upset the, the religious apple cart. I say that because it, it, it's, no, it's, it's by no accident that it says at the end of verse 9, after he commands the man to... Uh, take up his bed and walk it says and that day was the Sabbath so he wants this man 
to walk around on the Sabbath with his with his bed or, you know, it's not like it was a Tempur-Pedic or anything like that, but it was uh, the, the word escapes me. We'll just, we'll just stay with the word bed, you know. Knowing good and well that eventually there were going to be some religious leaders that see him walking around with that and they were going to have a problem with it. Because their, the interpretation of the law had been so perverted, you know, when they would say, you shall not labor on the Sabbath. And so, you know, but let's, let, let, let's read on. The Jews, therefore, said to him who was cured, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Hey, the guy who made me able to walk, he said, hey, take up your bed and walk. And so I'm doing what the man told me to do. And some would say that I've read... Uh, messages and so forth of people say he was being disloyal to Jesus. I, I just think he was just telling them the plain, simple truth. I don't think it was an issue of disloyalty or anything because he could have gotten in some serious trouble doing this. I mean, the, the law said you could have, you could be stoned to death for disobeying this rule. All right. So he's going to come clean and say, look, man, the guy who who cured me, said, take up your bed and walk. And so they asked him, well, who is this man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. You know, and that's, that's interesting to me. And it's in the second reference to there being a great multitude of people who were in that pool of Bethesda area. And it reinforces the, uh, the notion that he went there to minister to one person. He wasn't, he wasn't there for everyone. And he wasn't trying to draw a crowd and draw attention and, and, and get his fame spread across the region and so forth. He was there to minister to this, this, the most pitiful man of them there. And it says the man, did, he didn't even tell the man who he was. He couldn't even tell them who healed him because it says he had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. He was just wanting to keep a low profile. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. You know, it does not say that the man's sin is what caused his condition. And the way Jesus phrased it implies that even in his debilitated condition, in some way there was still sin that he was guilty of. 
which means he was still, it's not like he was a choir boy. It's not like he was really walking with the Lord in a strong way when Jesus healed him. Why do I point that out? I just want to speak against the lies and the deception that the enemy tells you when he reminds you of your flaws, when he reminds you of your imperfections, when he sows seeds of doubt as to what God will or won't do in your life as a result of your imperfections. I want to encourage you in the Lord that you have a God that loves you and that he will come through for you in your darkest hour. And he will heal you and set you free because he loves you, because he is who he is, and because it is his heart to set you free. Whether you, quote unquote, deserve it or not. Are you hearing me? I just want you to I just want you to know that you know that you know. How deep the Lord's love for you is. I just want you to know that you know that you know. That he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I just want you to know that you know that you know that there is hope for you in Christ Jesus. And you might have tried everything you could and you're still tripping up over the same thing. You're still triggered by the same issues. I'm not necessarily talking about sin. But, but, but there may have been scars from a past relationship that, that, that is still affecting you in your relationship. And even though you're with the man or the woman God has for you, and you know that to be the case, you still have that wounding from the past that is causing damage, that's causing harm, that is, that, 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 that is debilitating you and your ability to really grow in that relationship with them. And I want you to know that this story represents hope for you. Thirty-eight years. We've got ministries here at this church that minister on a deep level to people who have suffered things no one should want anyone to suffer. And I want you to be free. We have Father's Heart Ministry here 
We have Stephen Ministry here. We have Women's Ministry, Men's Ministry. We have Saints Alive, who are still on fire for Jesus. Hallelujah. And this church body, according to Ephesians 4, you know, God has given you gifts in this leadership. And our job is to build you up and to, to edify you and to build you up so that, so, so, so that you can be mature in the Lord, so that you can be a healthy members of the body and, and, and be and be um, that joint that uh, be that which every joint supplies. Amen. We need you. We need Jesus in you. We need what God has called you to be, and we need you to be healthy and whole and well, so that we can go out into the harvest field and reap the harvest for the kingdom. Amen. But I want to encourage you. And I'm going to, it's a little bit early, but I, I just feel led to stop it right here. But I, I want to ask you to stand. And I want to pose to y'all today. I just, I don't need to do the rest. Just going to trust God in it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm not going to ask anybody to reveal to me what it is you're dealing with or or if you can if this story really resonated, if this story really hit a chord, if this if if, if this if you find yourself being in some way, like this man at the pool of Bethesda, debilitated may sound like a strong word, but I, I hope you understand what I'm what I'm getting at. Hindered, wounded, scarred, you're struggling. You've either been afraid to ask for help. Or you've asked for help and it's been to no avail. And you've probably resigned yourself, well, maybe this is my lot in life. I don't, you know, uh, uh, if I deserved it, God would have done something by now. You know, I just want to, I, I just want to rebuke that lie in Jesus' name. And I want to encourage you, don't you give up hope. Even if it's 30 years, don't give up hope that Jesus will come in year 31. He may not come in your timing, but he'll come in the right time. But here's what I want to ask you. I want you to reflect and I want you to be honest with yourself. 
and just admit to yourself and before God what that thing is, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, whatever, psychological, whatever it is. Maybe you are struggling with bitterness. How many of you know bitterness can be debilitating? Unforgiveness. And you know, that person might deserve every bit of bitterness. Whoever caused it, that person might deserve every bit of bitterness you can give them. But the Lord would challenge you that he commands you to forgive. You need to forgive them. You need to obey God in that. Forgiving them will free you up for God to do the work that he has purpose to do in your life. But you're going to have to give that to him and by his grace walk, walk the path marked, marked out for you to freedom in that area. You can trust him. You can trust him with your bitterness. You can trust him with your grief. You can trust him with your unforgiveness. You can trust him with your wounding. You can trust him with your marriage. You can trust him with your children. You can trust him with your future. So I ask the question to you that Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda. Do you want to be made well? Do you? Have you gotten to the point that you're willing to surrender your way and submit to God's way in it? Because that's what happened to that man. 38 years, there was no plan B. There was no other options. Have you reached the end of yourself? Are you ready to be humble before God and obey him? that you might be free. Because if you're at that place, then the Lord says, rise, pick up your bed, and walk. Are you hearing me? He will give you the ability to walk in that freedom. He will give you the ability to rise from that which has debilitated you. To take up that which had hold of you. And to walk in a manner worthy of him. To do those things that are honoring to him that you were unable to do before.
I would ask y'all to just just lift your hands to the Lord. Just, and you don't have to. I, I don't want you to just recite it, just out of obligation. If the house is silent, my my feelings will get over it. But you know, I just I, I just want you to repeat after me, and and I just want you to just give it to the Lord, and just. And just commit to commit to doing things the Lord's way. Amen. So Father God. Yes. I want to be made well. Father God. In Jesus. I choose to rise up. To take up. That which has had a hold of me and walk in obedience to you. And I know as I do so, I will be made well by the strength and power of the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I just want to, I felt like, uh, I felt strongly that the Lord wanted me to share that with the body this morning. And I pray that, uh, that you guys were blessed and, um, I just want to continue to encourage and strengthen you guys and let you guys see who you are in Christ. I want you to rise up and walk in authority and power and knowing your identity in Christ. So you can do the works that Christ Jesus did in this day and time. Father God, we just thank you for your love. We thank you, Father God, for the work you're doing in our hearts. And, and Father, we, we thank you for, for deliverance from those things that have debilitated us in various ways throughout our lives. And so we thank you for deliverance from them and victory. And, and we thank you for your divine enablement for us to, to, to break free from those chains and to walk in power and authority, Father God, in Jesus' name. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.